The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. I tell you, it's amazing how important communication is to our relationships. I think we could all say that to have a meaningful relationship, uh, listening is vital. You've got to listen. And it doesn't matter in what avenue that it comes we want people to listen to us. Come on, I, I, I don't know about you, but, but when I'm talking or, or you're talking, we want people to hear us and we want people to respond. You know, I don't, I, that's just it. You know, and, and it's amazing how there is an emotional tie when people don't respond to what it is that you're saying. You know, there's this instant like rejection or like pride. Or like, okay, what? Well, well, I don't like you either. You know, it's this instant emotion that happens when people don't respond. And the verse that we were looking at was Luke eleven twenty seven. Luke eleven twenty seven. I'm going to read it for you. And and this is a story and an encounter that Jesus had with this woman. And it said, and it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the woman that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. And he said, but more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And, and I, in this moment, have you ever been in those situations? And I think probably for me, you know, I've been in the ministry 20 years and, and my first, you know, 13, 14 years uh, was, was in youth ministry. And I just remember young people saying the weirdest things at the most random time. And I don't know, even in your workplace, it's like people start talking and you're like, What? What are, what are we talking about? And, 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 and even in marriage, there are those times when Katie has been thinking about something and she's talked to other people, but then she starts to talk to me, but the conversation is in the middle of her thought and I have no idea what she's saying. Uh, anybody ever been there? You're like, hold up. Who? <laughs> well, what? What are you talking about? This woman is walking by and, and she, it's just kind of a random like, Blessed is your mom, and bless what fed you. And okay, <laughs> mom's not even here. Uh, but it's not Mother's Day. <laughs> but 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 he turns it around, and he, Jesus makes it a lesson that is deep. He's talking about his mom. Yeah, and blessed are those. And, bless, and more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Come on. And he was talking about his mom. I mean, can you imagine? We talked a little bit about that. I'm not going to go back into it like I did um, uh, last week. But here is a young woman that is going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. The seed is going to come in and, and it is going to be an issue for her. And I tell you that there's not going to be a time in your life where God speaks to you through people, through his word, in that still small voice, that it's not going to cost you. And I don't know, but we are in a society where we don't like the word cost. That's a nasty word. You know what I'm saying? We like free. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we like give, but we don't like work. <laughs> we, you know. And I'll tell you this, no matter how we communicate, 
response is needed, and the response time is what is the most crucial. It doesn't matter if it's a text, an email, a Facebook. Come on. It's amazing how emotional we get when you send that Facebook and then you see them look at it, but they don't. I know you saw that. I don't know why you're not talking to me. (laughs) You're like, I'm not insecure. I'm not insecure. I'm not scared. What's wrong with them? or, Or like, you know, when you text someone and then it says delivered or read and you're like, you're just waiting like. What are you doing? Why can't you just, yeah, I just need yes sir. And I'll tell you, when it gets to DEFCON 4 for me, it's when I'm having one of those moments, and I don't have them all the time, but I have those moments, I'm driving home, and I'm like, I want to bless my wife, and I know I'm passing a Walmart. And so I'm like, babe, is there anything that you need from Walmart? And quickly she says, oh yeah, I need this, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I walk in, and there's five of those. There's five of those options, and I don't know which one to get. And it starts to get real, and people are looking at me, and I feel this, this, this urge, like, like something is happening. I don't know what to do. And I call her, and she doesn't respond. And I'm like, I never wanted to be here anyway. And people are looking at me, and I, I see this woman looking at me, and she's like, Sad soul. And I'm like, and then I'm about to flip out. And I look down the aisle and there's one other guy that he has no idea what he's doing either. And I'm like, we brothers, we we bros. And I'm like, why can't you respond? And then it goes from the the task to it's personal. He don't love me anymore. If I was someone else, I bet you would respond. If I was your mom. You were, yeah, and then, and so now I have left the fact that I needed to get mayonnaise. And now I've got a problem in my marriage because I just need her to respond to my text. I just, I, I need you. My face is melting off. I never even wanted to come here. I'm just telling you. Why isn't she answering? What is she doing? What's going on? You know what? And I know that God handles this way better than I do. But I have to believe that God the Father, when he is sending a message, he would like it to be received. And he would like there to be a response. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, let's look at this. It says, Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. In other words, I want you to hear it. I want you to do it. I want you to respond to it. I want you to activate it. I want something to happen when I talk to you. Revelations 3.20 says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice, receives my text... Checks the Facebook message and opens that door and receives that information and listens to it. I will come in and I will eat with that person and they with me. In other words, I will have a relationship with them. I don't know why, but I feel like as a church culture, we've cheapened the relationship with God by acting like if we hear it, 
that's good enough, but there always has to be that response. There always has to be, I hear, I respond, I do. And, and, and there's an equation here. You can't get the answer unless you formulate the problem correctly. Two plus two is four. If you want to see God moving in your life, there's got to be this listen. Last week we talked about receiving His Word, releasing your faith, and responding with action. And today I want to talk about the last three steps that I think will help us hear the Word and keep it. And the first one is this. We've got to recognize or realize the benefit of obedience. There is a benefit in obedience. And, and, and let's just talk about this. When we obey, there's always an opportunity for blessing and opportunity and more. When you obey, you, the trust factor goes up. Responsibility goes up. When you're obedient, God says, whoa, I can trust you with this little. I'm about to add more. Obedience. Listen, we touched on this last week, but we, we cannot circumvent the way our culture thinks and have the church think the same way. Because the culture thinks, I'll do it if you tell me why. I'll do it if you tell me why. If you tell me why and what the and you give me everything up front, then I will do it. But that's not how Jesus Jesus went up to Simon and Andrew in Matthew and he said, "Hey guys, follow me." Like that's the end of the conversation. Like I work with people on our dream team and, and I would be that guy. If I heard Jesus say, come follow me, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, later dad, see ya. But I have other people on my dream team that are detailed. They're like, okay, what time do you want me to be there? Where are we going? When are we going to be there? Uh, what do I need to pack? Oh God, what do I need to pack? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what am I taking? What do, I, what do you need from me? What is required? Do I, do I need to pack? Where, where are we eating? Where are the meals? What, what, what do I wear? What do, I, what, do I wear flip-flop? Do I wear, do I wear what you wear? Am I just like, we're just following? I can just follow you? It's not bad because it helps me do details. But I'm just, Jesus provide none of, the, none of those. He was just like, come, and they were like, okay. And they just started walking for three years and didn't stop. <laughs> Listen, my, my point is that sometimes we say, I want to be obedient to God, but we expect God to come and give us more information so that he can win our obedience instead of us just accept his word. Listen. Come on, God's not trying to win anything. There are countless verses when, when, when God was asked to defend himself, even to Job, and he was like, man, where, where were you when I made this? Where were you when I put the sun and the moon and the stars in their place? Where were you? Listen, if God has to give you an account, then that reduces his authority and brings his authority under us. Come on, when I tell my children, there will be a time when I will explain because I am launching them to adulthood. But right now you tend, you're going to do it. I'm not going to negotiate with you. We're not going to have a powwow. We're not going to, hey, this week I need you to mow the lawn. Well, Dad, what I was thinking, don't care. 
Well, well, you don't care about my feelings? No, I pay the bills. Get out and mow, baby. Because I am teaching something that he is not yet ready to understand. But he'll understand it after he sees the benefit of it. Listen, everything that God asks you is going to bring more life and more freedom into your life. And if God is te- isn't telling you anything, then maybe you don't have the relationship that you thought you had. Because the reality is the Bible says the sheep know the shepherd's voice. My kids know my voice. No matter where we're at, in a park or whatever, they know my whistle. And, th- and they know when I whistle that that whistle is not subjective. That whistle is now. That whistle is we're leaving. That whistle is tell your friend, give him a chest bump, a high five, what's up, what's up, I'm leaving, dad whistled. That whistle means the car, he's walked to the car and the car is started, my kids know me. They know we all, if you get my kids, they all talk loud and they all, all loud, like annoyingly loud. You know why? Because I laugh annoying. I'm like, <laughs> I've got the nastiest, loudest laugh. When I laugh, I mean, it's like people are like. <laughs> my kids know me. <coughs> they know me. And listen, my kids know my personality. They know my humor. My kids know my laugh. God doesn't want you to study him only. He wants you to know him. When God begins to speak to you about your business, your ministry, your small group, leading a small group, moving through framework, going on a mission trip, being a generous giver. When he talks to you about loving your neighbor or blessing your neighbor, turning off Netflix. When he talks about you changing your tone. Are you obedient? Or are you partially obedient? Because partial obedience, come on somebody, is still disobedience. If I tell my son, my my, my six-year-old son, hey, come here, and he comes halfway, we didn't get it done. You're coming the whole way. And I'm not coming to you. You're coming the whole way. Because I told you to come. And if you want to meet with me, you have to come. You have to come the whole way. And listen. When God begins to speak to you, are we listening? Yes, the world would say, oh, you Christians, y'all don't have any fun. Christians, y'all don't have any fun. I mean, I'm, y'all, you always have to obey and listen to God. And, you know, yeah, yeah. It's not true. Since when is living dangerously more fun? And if you want to really live dangerously, go ahead and sell out to the Lord. You'll be moving somewhere, going somewhere, doing something. You'll be like, don't talk to me about, man, I always love it when the world talks about, man, we hard. You're not hard. Turn the other cheek. That's hard. Forgive someone who stabbed you in the back. That's hard. Wait to have sex until you're married. Don't tell me about hard. None of that's hard. I listen to your song. Everything that you're talking about is given to the emotion in the moment right now. You're not talking about hard. Write a song about delayed gratification. That's hard. Write a song about, man, I got paid, but I saved 80%. I only spent 10. Girl had to get a Big Mac. 
on sale. We split it. Hard. Don't talk to me about hard. You want to live dangerous? You want to live hard? Man, sell out to God. Obey Him. Grow your capacity. Grow your increase, your influence. You want to talk about hard? Those are some hard. Deny, oh, deny yourself. What you want to say, don't say it. See people on Twitter and Facebook posting it. That was not the only thing you had to do was do a spell check. That's not hard. The hardest part of what you did is delete your post because it was all spelled wrong. Hard is I feel this way and I want to literally body slam this person. But I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to pray. I am going to keep boundaries, but I'm not going to be in the flesh. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. The world, don't, don't try to impress that because you can't. Listen, if you try to impress the world, they will always want more and it will never be enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. If our nation could understand the benefits of obedience, and I just want to talk about two. There's many, but I just want to talk about two. The first one is protection. In Exodus 23, Verse 22, it says this, But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will be an adversary to your adversaries. Come on. We're scared that Osama bin Laden is after us. We're scared that ISIS is... ISIS. But let me tell you something. If God be for me, who can be against me? Even Paul said, man, if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. And if I live, I'm going to have influence. But listen, you can't stop me. You, you can't stop it. Here's my, my, my thought, is that if we're, not, if we're not careful, we will live a Christian life that nothing is required from us. God wants to be your protector. That doesn't mean that you won't have adversity. That means there won't be moments where you have to pray through. It won't be moments when, you know, that there is conflict. It doesn't mean that every day is a, you know, singing a bird on your shoulder and you <laughs> Disney channeling it up. It doesn't mean that every day is golden. But it does mean that every day can be purposeful. And every day can move you more towards what God has called you to do. Allow God to be your protector. The second thing is provision. Provision. In Isaiah 1, 19 and 20, it says, If you are willing and obedient. <laughs> oh, come on. If you're willing. A lot of people are willing, but they're not obedient. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat from the good of the land. Verse 20, check this out. But if you refuse and you rebel... You will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of God has spoken. See, here's the thing, is that the one thing that God loves is for people not to just honor Him with their lips, and not to just sing real loud, but that needs to be translated to walking out the doors and actually doing something with it. 
See, God does not want to just control your life where you don't get to do anything fun. He wants you to move into freedom. Well, God just, he won't, won't let me watch any rated X movies. Well, God, he just, he won't let me cheat on my taxes. Well, God, he gets upset when I steal from my boss. Well, forget this. Okay? But in all three of those examples, you're not free. You're scared your wife's going to, or your mom, or someone's going to see what you've been watching. You're always thinking, every time you get a government letter, you're like, oh, they found out. <laughs> your boss calls you in and says, hey, we need to talk. What's my excuse? What's my excuse? What's my excuse? It wasn't me. You're not free. You're bound. You're bound. Listen, if you're obedient and you're willing, the second point that I want to make, or I guess that was four, this is five, is resist the enemy. We've got to resist the enemy. If you're going to hear the word and you're going to keep it, you're going to have to resist the enemy. Now let's think about this. We saw this happen to Jesus. If Jesus had to battle the enemy, and we are in this, this culture, even in America, we don't... We, under, we don't really get the whole spiritual context of, of heaven, hell, God, demons. We don't, but if you were in another country, it would be a whole lot prevalent. But here we just like, well, that's stupid. It's like a UFO. You believe in that? But if Jesus had to battle the enemy, and, and think about how it happened. Jesus goes up, this story's in Matthew. Jesus goes up to be baptized by John. And Jesus and John go back and forth because Jesus is like, hey, bro, you going to baptize me? And John's like, no, man, you, you baptize me, man. You, you, this is your show. I'm just a... And he's like, no, you have to do it because it will fulfill what God has set. See, Jesus being obedient. Jesus allows John to baptize him. He comes up. The heavens open up. And God in the Mufasa voice is like Jim James Earl Jones. This is my son who I am well pleased. And it's a moment. Immediately after that moment, Satan tries to steal the word from Jesus and brings temptation. Come on. The enemy got it. Jesus is led to go do this battle with the enemy. And here's what happens. Three times the enemy tries to enslave Jesus. Bow down and worship me. Jump off here, let everybody see you. In other words, the enemy knew that you will not keep and you will not hear, you will not hear it and you will not keep it if you're enslaved. The enemy has always been scheming and trying to enslave us Listen, but, but Jesus and, and the heart of God is that you would have freedom and liberty to be able to live unhindered and unbridled. Listen, in the area, and, 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 and I think that sometimes the non-denominational charismatic church gets a bad rap because everything bad happened to us, that's the devil. 
Oh, that's the devil. Oh, the devil's in my refrigerator. And I, I do understand that there are attacks, but, but what you understand is the devil is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at all times. And he does not know, he only knows the pattern and he only knows your words. So he has tried to make this system to enslave you. Let's look at it. The enemy wants your finances so that you can be enslaved. He wants you to spend more than you make. He wants you to live at the end of your means so that MasterCard and Visa are the thing that you live to, to please, pay off, and impress. And so in the area of finances, he wants you to work and be a slave. See, because if you're enslaved, you can't promote the gospel. You can't send anybody on a missions trip. Felicia's getting ready to go on a missions trip. She only needs $200 to finish and go on this mission trip. Maybe you're here. Maybe you want to write the check. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but the deal is this. Is, is, see, I, I can't give any money because I pay 27.9% interest. If God says go, I can't go. But I bought this sweet car. I'm kind of underneath it. If I sold it, I'd only get like $5,000 for it. But I'm paying ten. Woo! You hear what I'm saying? The enemy is trying to... And, and he's... He, listen, he did it in the garden. Look at the fruit. The fruit is so good. <laughs> yeah, I got to have it. Listen, the fruit has just changed... It's a slick metal and a nice paint job, a nice house. In the area of your finances, he wants to trap you. Listen, in the area of your identity, he wants to slave you, enslave you. Someone spoke over something to you when you were young. Maybe you didn't have a dad. Maybe you didn't have a mom. Maybe something happened. But now you're trying to work through who you are and your identity and who it is. And right now we've got the whole gender issue. And I'm not trying to be political, but here's the thing. When the politics come and try to narrate the church, then we have to deal with that. Matthew chapter 19 said that God created them male and female. Okay? Now, I'm not advocating that we are mad at people and hurt people and, 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 and are rude. That's not even, we, we love people. We love people. Jesus was the one that saved the prostitute. We love people, but we don't love them and try to give them love without truth. We've got a world that doesn't know their identity. Who am I? Am I a girl? Am I a guy? Am I it? Am I a dog? Am I a cat? Am I, what, what, who am I? What am I? Am I an orphan? Am I abused? Am I, uh, the enemy wants you enslaved. And so maybe there's a reason why you and your husband cannot connect because he's, you're still trying to find who you are and he's trying to know who you are. The enemy loves to enslave us. Come on, on your sexuality. He doesn't want you to be pure. He wants to enslave you. On government dependence, he wants to enslave you. 
Well, there you go. I, I, I knew it. I knew it'd be six weeks and you'd be talking about politics. I, what are you talking about? The, the children of Israel had to move out of Pharaoh's bondage because they were looking to Pharaoh to supply their needs and God had to move them out of that institution and it took 40 years to retrain them on how to think and who to trust. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm not against, if, 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 if Bill, Obama, if, if George, if any of these guys walked in, they would receive honor from this house. They would receive honor from this house. Because I don't go on emotions, I go on the Word, and the Word says that all governing authorities have been established by the... But that does not mean that I agree and I, I got to, I don't, I don't think because of my checkbook. I think because the word tells me to think a certain way. Come on. And I know the enemy always wants to enslave us. That's the plan. That's the deal. He wants to enslave us. Cultural correctness. Being politically correct. He wants to enslave. You can't say that. You can't do that. You can't say that. You can't do that. You can't. Listen, he doesn't, God wants you to be free. And we have a lot of even believers that are not free to do what God has called them to do. The devil wants you enslaved by your past. Come on, you messed up and, 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 and you never wanted to do that or be that or go there or try that. But long after that moment's passed, it replays in your mind. And see, if he can enslave you, then you will never be unleashed to do what God has called you to be. Come on, church. We have to resist the enemy. We've got to get into the word. We don't read it to be good. We read it to be free. Don't become, a culture. Don't become what the culture wants you to be. God has called you and, and purposed you before the foundation of the earth. I don't care how you would, I don't care how you came. I was adopted from a foster home. My parents got divorced. I don't know how it happened for you, but all I am telling you is that life is intrinsic and it has a purpose and it has a meaning. And if you are breathing, then you have a purpose. And don't let the enemy steal that from you. The last one, number six, is this. Recognize that you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another. Stir up one another. Think of that. I want you to hear that. Stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and um, all the more as you see the day drawing near. One more verse, Romans 12, 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo, what? Come on, love competition. You walking, I'm walking faster. You know what I'm saying? I remember, I remember one time, uh, um, Devin, I was, Devin was living with us. and He's a young man who, who uh, moved to help us plant the church. and I'd been getting up and running. And uh, he's like, I can beat you, I can beat you, I can beat you. 
And so we, we, we got up. I ran that mile. And I'm talking about, I'm, now I'm 40. He's, he's, he's like 20. I mean, so I, I, I got 20 years on him. I'm I started running. Huh? Did I beat you? No. I, <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, I didn't win. But I tried really hard. I mean, I was sweat and poor. <laughs> what if the people in our church work that hard to try to outdo people with honor? Come on, I'm not trying to tear you down. I'm not trying to uncover you. I'm not trying to crush you. I'm trying to build the calling of God in your life. Come on, I want to speak over your life. You're the head and not the tail. There is something God's doing in your life. You're not over. You're not done. You're not broke. You're not busted. Come on, tomorrow can be a breakthrough for you. You can get over this hump. You can get over this hurdle. You're not done. Your kids will come. They will get saved. We're going to speak that. We're trying to outdo each other with honor rather than... Oh. You got a new car. Hmm, I guess you think you're better than me. Oh, you know, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. I don't know why Stephen always calls on them. Come on. You recognize you can't do this alone. We need people. And even Jesus didn't do it alone. And my encouragement to you is stay active. The church, I'm telling you, is more than a service. It's a living organism. And, and we are the body and Christ is the head. And I don't know if you know this, but, but there's two words that are mentioned 54 times in the New Testament. And it's one another. One another. And, and usually the verses are like this. Love one another. Serve one another. Edify one another. That means edify, means to teach, train, improve. Your life is not to be lived by what you can just amass, but your life is to live like how can we come together and build the kingdom of God? In the first century church, they like met every day. Had communion and fellowship every day. Now, <laughs> listen, I love y'all, but uh, <laughs> every day may be like a stretch. <laughs> But every day they were meeting. Every day it was like, man, this is my family. Connect to the small group. Get involved. I know your friend quota may be full. Make, make some room. I know you got kids, but your kids need friends. Let's put them in a like-minded environment where they can grow together. If you're single, come on, come in and, 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 and be a part of the Bible study on Monday night and grow and get in a culture of people that you can lean on when life gets tough, because it will. It will. People need to connect. They need to serve together. That's why we're working through framework and having people serve in the, because I'm telling you, when you're a part of something and you're building something, you're invested into it. We've got to build the kingdom. This is why we are connecting through small groups. This is why you hear me over and over again talk about framework. This is why, because I realize, listen, we have been there where we really didn't have anybody. And I don't want that to be you. And reality is, 15-something years ago, probably most of it was on us. But we have tried. And our, our team, 
people of the church are opening their homes and saying, come on, let's do life together. Listen, connect and your marriage will thrive. I believe that. You connect and your marriage will thrive. You connect here. You know, this next um, season, we're praying about having a, a financial small group where we walk through finances. And, and I'm praying that you, you come and do life, your finances, your, your, your marriage, your parenting. Why? Because God is into more freedom. When he speaks, when he speaks, let's hear it and let's keep it. Amen. Nick, come on up here. Nick, come on up here. We talked about four, three things today. We talked about realizing the benefits of obedience. We talked about resisting the enemy. And we talked about recognizing that you cannot do it on your own. And you may be here. And uh, I really do want to encourage you to go back and listen to that if you missed it. Um, we have a, a podcast on iTunes. And uh, if you want to go there or listen to the sermons, you can go to welcometothehouse.com and we have a SoundCloud account. You can listen to what we've been doing. Um, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Has God been speaking to you? Is there something that you're supposed to be obedient in? Is the enemy enslaving you? Are you doing life alone? I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't a crowd, but do you know, have you invested your heart into people? Well, Stephen, I've been hurt. We've got to get over that because you're needed. You're needed. This area needs you. The camp, the kids need you. There's people. And so you've got to invest your heart. And Jesus invested his heart. Even the people he knew would not, would not do well with it. That's what we do. That's why we love. That's why we forgive 70 times 7. Come on, when he speaks, y'all stand up with me. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.